This is Gabriel Masudi, and you're listening to Learn, Unlearn, Optimize. So we're back, um, constituents of food. Last time we spoke, we were talking about uh, carbohydrates. My, my mind has just been really blown about the geometry and about complex carbs and simple carbohydrates and how it relates to the actual matter of like how something grows and the more it pulls itself in and the more nutrient dense it is, the more complex the geometry is and the, the composition of its form is, the more complex it is for our bodies and the way our bodies process it. And then the more something expands and at the very end of its creation, the less complex and more simplistic it is as far as the carbohydrates are concerned and the structure. So it was really mind opening and um, a great way for, for me to understand it and hopefully for all our listeners also. So thanks so much for, for breaking that down. If you guys didn't hear our last episode on the uh, constituents of food, carbohydrates, please check that out. And Mike, do you have any housekeeping from that episode you want to go over? Um, yeah, I'm glad that your mind was blown and I hope to <laughs> blow it open even more. <laughs> awesome, man. Um, my mind is constantly blown open by the things I learn and in this field, especially, and all the other fields that, you know, tie in with it because everything is connected. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're going to get more into like, you were talking about the structures, uh, getting more into the, the next level of like proteins, but housekeeping, I guess the thing, the key thing that we want to take home from that is that, and this ties into the next section too, is that there's this carbon nitrogen cycle that we discussed and carbon cycle part of end of it, representing the more growth and birth development. Yeah. Uh, whereas the nitrogen side is more of the breakdown component. Yeah. Uh, returning the recycling. And so carbon uh, nitrogen cycle is within us. It's this whole um, relationship with the earth, how, you know, plant matter eventually will grow from carbon, then decay to um, back into the earth where the bacteria will break that down and then have, it's just a whole life cycle. So as we're going through all these talks, we just have to keep in these fundamental principles of, of life energy and how it works and, you know, the growth cycle or the life cycle of growth, you know, maintenance and maturity, and then degenerate, you know, breakdown and then we recycle back in some other form. And so it's just energy transferring from one to the next. And in our own body, we have this similar cycle going on where we're breaking up and breaking down and everything has a life cycle. Each cell has a life cycle and we want to replace older cells with newer cells um, and make sure that those newer cells that are being re that are replacing the older cells are just as youthful and vibrant and vital because if they're not, well, this is where the degeneration occurs and how we can get into chronic degenerative disease and aging, just in general aging. You know, when we're getting older, it's because we have older cells that are sticking around and not enough new cells to replenish it. And that's because, um, well, we'll get into a little bit more of why that is, but in a nutshell, yeah. it's uh, we lose the, the, the power, the reserves, energy reserves uh, to support that turnover rate proper turnover it just kind of slows down mitochondria mitochondria are involved um ultimately comes down to to enzymes which we'll get into with awesome. proteins mm -hmm. awesome okay so today today's episode on the constituents of food when we do proteins that's a little segue that um proteins the 
and enzymes and proteins play a huge part in the regeneration or the, um, the energy that a cell contains in order for us to regenerate. Is that, did I hear that correctly? So say it one more time so I can hear that. So today you, my audio levels okay, Mike? Yeah, I'm adjusting it for okay, myself. Cool. Mm -hmm. So um, today on the constituents of food, we're going to do proteins. Mm -hmm. But what you just said was a little bit of a, of a segue into the way that our, in order for um, our cells to have potency uh, for regeneration, mm -hmm. um, you said it has to do with enzymes and those enzymes have to do with proteins. Yes. And, and whatever you're about to break down is important because that is what gives the new cells that enable our this maintenance phase of our body or this regeneration phase or this not to get chronic uh, disease or aging to happen is is somehow contingent upon this relationship with proteins this enzymes and how it regenerates the cells is that kind of like a high altitude yeah that's that's a great big picture uh view right there okay that, yeah cool. absolutely cool man yeah so you, you definitely you, you really nailed it <laughs> awesome um i love that you have a a good background on all this already. Um, and so let's get into it for our, our audience who may not have that, uh, that knowledge base. Cool. So you know, proteins are, you know, they're another level of structure. Um, they are, they're made up of, whereas like the carbohydrates that we're getting into are made up of more of that carbon base, they're carbon, uh, you know, proteins, they are definitely made up more of uh, nitrogen, and so they represent more of that nit nitro nitrogenous end of the carbon nitrogen cycle. And they're made up. The reason why they are is because they're made up of amino acids, and amino acids are com composed of uh, it, part of their composition is nitrogen. And they they're important because proteins are they provide both structure and function. And so all the proteins that are make up our body and other organisms' body are there to provide some structure and function to that organism and its ability to you know, be, have its presence, have its existence, and perform all the functions it needs to perform for okay. its life. Okay. So you know, proteins, though, they don't... Really, at the at the end, being being that they're made up of amino acids, you know, how do we go from that amino acid into a protein structure, which is a larger conglomerate? You know, it's a they're peptides, they're these chains of amino acids that fold in various configurations to create, you know, another crystalline form, another crystalline structure uh, to to have that ultimate structure and, and function. For our or for our, our being, um, but in order to get there, it needs to have the direct the um, the blueprint. It needs to have some direction on how those amino acids are going to be arranged into the proteins that we need to create, so that we can you know, do what we need to do. And that's where uh, we have our genetic uh, mechanisms. It's where we have our blueprint. That's all encoded in the DNA and the RNA. And so DNA, literally standing for deoxyribose nucleic acid, and then RNA, which is ribonucleic acid. 
their unique compounds because they are literally the genetic or making up the genetic uh, mechanisms, their DNA, to provide that blueprint, that stretch to give, to make the proteins. So you have to think of like DNA almost like, like tuning forks within the nucleus. And they respond very much to electrical pressure. And what I mean, what I mean by electrical pressure is it's all those forces that are radiating, that are coming at us, both in, from the outside, but also from the inside. It's everywhere. Everything that exists is because of electrical pressurization. And so when matter, when all of those elements that are on the periodic table um, experience some degree of electrical pressurization, it's going to um, react. It's going to um, form in some way into maybe a, a higher structure form. It might even transmutate into another molecule, another uh, element. So with our DNA being like a tuning fork and detecting all the different stressors, you know, these electrical pressures are acting upon us. Uh, it's going to then start to stimulate, you know, an appropriate response to be able to direct what needs to be created. So by the action of the DNA and the RNA working together at various levels in, in this process, it's going to start to, you know, pull in the appropriate free form amino acids and arrange it in a proper chain, a proper um, configuration based upon that innate genetic programming that we all have. You know, we all have some shared genetic qualities, but we also have some, each of us have some unique genetic um, properties as well. And some of us have some certain genetic mutations that will alter what gets created so <clears throat> mike if i can i can i recap that real quick if please I may. <laughs> back to function before we get to the elect uh, electronic stressors yeah when you say we have a particular function that we're going to perform mm -hmm. right um can you elaborate on what you mean by that yes yeah, so so the our body has various functions. I mean, every organ system has a various function. Every cell has numerous functions. Mm -hmm. And so it will, the cell, thinking of the cell as a basic unit of life, has to create various types of proteins in order to protect itself, in order to um, eliminate toxins, in order to bring in nutritional components, in order to build... Um, the structures that are needed to keep the cell membrane together, Mike, uh, to before, communicate. Before the cell becomes human, though, is the DNA, the RNA, this mm -hmm. quote-unquote like code, um, is it going to tell what, like, what the cell's function is going to be and what type of animal or what type of being it's going to become? Well, it's definitely encoded. And our DNA is, has roots very, very, very far in our past. So in every single one of us who is listening to this podcast, um, your DNA contains information that goes back to the most earliest ancestors on this planet, which is incredible. That's how we have been able to get from the very first humans species on this planet to where we are now. And well, everywhere before, between before that. Before that even became a human species, Mike, yeah. is it like, 
like the cell, there was one and then it split. And then like, you know, we crawled out of the water or whatever. And now there's like, you know, I have a frog and there's a, a squirrel outside. So uh, these are made of, of, of code of DNA. Every, yeah. every, every being has like this cell function and is RNA and DNA respectively responsible for like that squirrel that's outside, let's say, or the fox that runs or the deer that people see or whatever animal you want to visualize. Is that, the, mm. in, in other words, like the code that says this is what Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's essentially the biochemical molecules that are um, so-called the henchmen of the genetic um, mechanisms that are inherent within us. You know, everything exists within the field, within right. a field. And water, which we can get to another topic, yeah. Yeah. is essentially a field. Right. And it's what everything is, you know, life exists in within this, this ocean, you know, right. both internal and without. Right. But, um, you know, water holds, holds a vibrational field. And if you look into certain work by teachers like uh, Rupert Sheldrake, yeah. brilliant human being, um, he talks a lot about, um, about this, this field in, um, uh, names escaping me right now, but oh, mor morphogenic, morphogenic fields and how there are these morphogenic fields that, you know, basically lay, have imprinted within it what is, what is there to be to the existence behind whatever gets created. We were and, just talking about like how snowflakes look different, Mike, how they look so yeah. tacky. They look like little microchips and things like that. And like, mm -hmm. is it Dr. Emoto's work with the water and like how they yes. can, how they can, um, how they can actually take on shape of the energy or these quote unquote electric fields or the information that's given it to it. Exactly. And then it will trans transform. Yeah. And just as an aside quickly, and that's what a lot of uh, the, the physics and especially the quantum physics and how they're getting into this, it, they're, they're finding out that, you know, actually more of reality it really comes down to it's, it's what is it? it's information at the right. fundamental source as well, they, they're starting to break things down. It's not the particles, it's it, information. And then it's encoded within the particles and the relationships between those. It's, so, al it's almost as if Mike, we're not getting closer to like AI. It's more like we're just getting closer to understanding the source code and like revealing what is. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I like that. So, so Mike, not to digress, sure. not to digress too much. So you have this sure. RNA and this DNA mm -hmm. that play. Um, and then these cells basically get this quote unquote, like for lack of better terminology, source code for what they're going to become. In this case, we're talking about humans and human proteins mm -hmm. and these human proteins, basically this um, respond to uh, external stimulus and the pressures uh, similar to um, if like, I guess a, a good analogy is like a the piezo piezo technique to where yeah. um, if you take a, a certain amount of pressure and you pl uh, apply it to a, a compound, it'll, it'll produce an electrical charge. Exactly. And you, and you can like the electrical it. effect. Right. Yeah. And, and it'll like, you can make a little doorbell, a little led, and then you can take it from there. And um, I know like our bones, you can press on the human body and create that. Correct. And now, now we're taking it a step further to where it's uh, kind of invisible to our eye, but visceral, um, the more, the more awareness we have, to where uh, Wi-Fi, cell phones, um, our environment, to where um, these, this electromagnetic uh, input can affect the um, the cell and, and have it trans have it mutate based on um, our DNA and RNA. And, and, and so, in in certain cases, it could be cancerous. In certain cases, it could it can turn into uh, whatever it's going to turn into. But it it's we're bringing in this information. And this different vibration and these different stimulus are creating pressure 
um, yes. an outside quote unquote stressors, pressure, stress mm -hmm. on the body. And um, based on your external environment, that external stimulus, it will then, and your DNA and this RNA will then uh, depict uh, a certain outcome, so to speak. Yeah. Exactly. I, I love what you said. It's, it's exactly how it goes. Cool, um, I, <laughs> yeah, I love how you understand I'm, it so well. Thank you, Mike. I'm with you. I'm with you thus far, my friend. Yes. <laughs> okay, brother. Keep it going, man. Yeah. So, so you're right. And, and that's the thing is that we can have too much electrical pressure acting us that will start to break that down, break down those uh, processes and, and start creating damage to our proteins um, creating damage to um, DNA and RNA, which will then affect what exact what it, what actually gets created. Um, but yeah, in, in terms of getting like what is this process, like how we build our proteins and how do plants build their proteins, it all is embedded in this. You know, the information is embedded in the DNA, and as it it opens up and responds um, to those pressures, creating what needs to be created, and so we get these proteins. And also a large part of the proteins that we create are enzymes. You know, enzymes are actually very unique proteins that make our biochemistry possible. Without enzymes, biochemistry would not be, would not happen. The brain, you know, and um, biochemical processes might take literally millions or billions of years, but now you introduce an enzyme that happens in a micro of a second. So even less. So enzymes are incredible in what they're able to do and really what they're about, like their main function is to create our body and create energy. Ultimately it comes down to those two, you know, denominations and there's always like, you know, subdivisions, but really that's the primary, you know, goal of enzymes is to create ourselves and then to create the life energy that we need so that this body can move forward in time and space. And, it's all about enhancing our pa our power and our life energy. It's really what we're what we're looking to do. So, <clears throat> you know, like again, back that like every organ system that we have has a certain amount of protein compounds and also enzymes in there for that organ organ system to not only perform but to communicate with all the other organ systems. It's through. It's a lot. A lot through these enzymes and you know like for instance like you got your thymus which is your your first primary organ system that is crucial for protection for our defense system and so it creates all these enzymes that are important for creating the compounds for defense for our white blood cells you know we call you know white blood cells t cells because t for for thymus so you know, thymus is one organ system, but you got numerous organ systems that are loaded with, you know, organ system specific enzymes that do specific things which on behalf of that system. Which FYI, and a side note, yeah. Mike, um, when, uh, when we're born, they say that what the, the thymus is like a little, or as we, as we get, as we're still in the, in the growth stage, the thymus is like a little clementine or a tangerine type size. Yeah, like a like a walnut size. Right, and then yeah. by the by the time they, I've heard that they've um, when when people now pass based on all the external quote unquote stressors and the e right. smog and the pollution that we're getting, the thymus gets such a hit, which is why the immune systems get weakened. It's like a shriveled grape. 
So you're going exactly. from like a walnut to the thymus going down to a shriveled grape. So yeah. I don't know if you can see Mike's necklace protecting his thymus. And I don't have a, I don't have a Q link right now, but um, I used to have a Q link. I lost, I got to get another one. But if you can find those necklaces that will help mm-hmm. to actually capture the stressor or the electromagnetic uh, smog or the electromagnetic frequency that's going to be blasting you from this microphone, from this computer, from right. this light, from the dirty electricity in my wall. Whole nother podcast. Sorry, Mike, continue. Uh, my bad. Uh, no, it, that's, <laughs> that's a really good point. Something that, uh, that I wasn't going to discuss that is such important information. And yeah, we could definitely use, um, you know, other crystals and other technologies to, um, you know, to help protect ourselves. Um, I mean, I don't think we should ever, reduce any you know reduce stressors in general like we always want to stress the body because that allows the body to grow and to adapt you know that's why it's really important to if you know strengthen your bones and your muscles for instance you have to exercise you have to apply as you were getting before about the pressure to stimulate you know the muscle growth and the muscle and the bone you know growth and development and, and yeah. strengthen those tissues yeah. so our body needs stressors it needs radiation or needs electrical pressures to to move out because everything is about is like a pulse every remember we're talking about cycles and patterns yeah you know and like you need you know your life life energy is very much like a pulse you know you've got a pulse how do you know someone's dead you take the pulse it's flat there's no pulse and so everything is this pulsation within ourselves and you know, that's just what's happening in every single one of our cells too. There's literally, you know, electromagnetic, you know, frequencies of every cell of our body. And that's very pulse-like it's going in and out. And you definitely want to stress the body, but when you're having too much of a, especially specific type of, um, you know, radiation or electrical pressurization acting on you over and over and over again, that's going to actually create something called, um, allostatic overload, where this term allostatic or allostasis is the ability to maintain stability through change. You know that gets overloaded that that ability, and so then you start getting into these alterations and this pathology, where now you're not be able to uh, um, respond to the environmental stimuli, whether it's on the internal or the, ex- the external, um, appropriately, and so you there's all these alterations that are in a more pathological uh, state. So, you know, we got to be able to, to support again, enzyme function efficiency and the also reserves because proteins are, you know, enzymes are a big component of the proteins that we make and they make what life possible. And so when we're going through life, different organ systems, if they're being hit hard over and over and over again, their enzyme reserves are going to be depleted. And then you're going to develop some chronic degenerative disease associated with those, let's say, configurations of organs that are not holding up enough on their reserves or their life energy and their enzyme Because um, at the cellular level, the cells aren't being regenerated with potency. Yeah, they're not regenerating properly. They don't have enough of the proper enzyme activity to conduct what they need to conduct, you know, whether it's creating something, building something, breaking something down, uh, transmutating something, detoxifying something, um, taking something into it, you know, enzymes are responsible for everything that happens biochemistry. 
Mike, are, yeah. uh, for, are there certain types of enzymes? Mm. Are there? There's, are there certain types of enzymes? Or Absolutely. There, there are enzymes that are, will split things apart, enzymes that will add things together, enzymes that will transmutate. Like so if I wanted to study, is there like a certain amount of enzymes or is there an enzyme chart? Is it like vitamins? Like how do you... What, how well, do, it's, it's a whole study, you know, studying um, enzymology. Okay. But, you know, for the sake of like what we want to get to is what do we do to take care of ourselves so that we can support our enzyme reserves, which is going to result in our body having a greater, um, you know, energy uh, production and capacity so that our whole life energy goes up. And then what is the end result is we can regenerate and prevent degeneration. And so this is where food is extremely important, which is why I'm going to then tie into the protein of food. <laughs> Mike, do, um, yeah. do, do different organs require different enzymes or is it, is it overall? absolutely. And different organs create specific enzymes Amazing. that are needed for their, um, their own, um, structure and function and also to communicate with other organ systems and networks. Awesome. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating. Sure is. <laughs> it's, it's a whole world, a whole yeah, incredible man. world. And we're, we're learning more and more every day. Yep. which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, so what do I want to say about, so like enzymes. Um, so in order for those enzymes to, uh, to function and also for them to often be created and to actually have their activity, they need coenzymes. I was like, what is coenzymes? You know, I'm throwing in a whole other world word. <laughs> so coenzymes essentially are those, those essential meaning you can't get, you can't create them, but these are essential vitamins and minerals. Yeah. And we, those are essential components that we need because they act as coenzymes working together with enzymes for those enzymes to have activity, to do what they need to do. And so that's where it brings down to food and we'll get into, not today, but when we get into the whole vitamin and mineral uh, conversation and more in depth, uh, we'll get more into the specifics, but just as the overview, uh, we need to eat nutrient-dense food that's loaded with, you know, naturally occurring whole food complex vitamins, minerals that are food-based. So, you know, you can use sometimes synthetic ones, but, you know, only with a trained practitioner as far as I'm concerned and, um, and stick with food because that's going to help enhance your enzymes ability to be created and also for them to have the uh, activity required to support your regeneration. And like we said, create. like we said in the first episode, and 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 throughout the episodes so far, that when you're eating whole foods, you're not just taking in a fraction of something. So, right. without a trained professional, if you're taking in a fraction, it could, while it's benefiting something else, damage mm-hmm. another. So eat whole foods exactly. Eat whole foods, baby. <laughs> yeah, and and you know, this is why also it, it's important to also understand too that you know for enzymes too to work, not only do they need these vitamins and minerals, but they also need to your body as a whole doesn't need to be experiencing a tremendous amount of what you were saying earlier about these these stressors, a stress overload, because when we have huge fluctuations in in, in our stress response, when we have 
you know, huge amounts of electrical pressures are acting upon us, it changes the field and it changes the internal environment such to a level that things like our body's pH level will start to be altered and other things will be altered. And then the enzymes, they, their function gets to be altered because they need to be in a proper pH. You know, it's appropriate to, you know, wherever system that they're located in, in order for them to function. So if we think about our digestive system, enzymes that we put out from our stomach and primarily our, our pancreas, you know, those enzymes, they function within a, within a certain pH range at various steps in the digestive process. And so if we're having any, let's say, in the digestive system, if your, your stomach, for instance, is, or pancreas, is experiencing too much electrical pressurization where it's now starting to break down um, and the pH is changing, it's not able to put out the right enzymes that are needed or maybe there's too much acidity, acid in the gut because you're not breaking down the food or you're eating the wrong types of food that are creating more of an acidic environment or too much of an alkaline environment. You know, that's going to also affect the activity uh, and, and efficiency of those enzymes to do what they need to do. So we got to keep that in mind as well with diet. So do you want to get into um, now like protein as a food source i mean as a listener mike yeah. i want i would love some answers before this is done we got another about 15 minutes or so okay just like a brief a brief overlook at some beneficial foods or something beneficial that we can start with as a foundation mm -hmm. um, that can start this process that you recommend that can start the process of good enzymes being introduced into the body um, that are kind of that overlap one another so to speak yeah. So going back into the, our first conversation about, you know, true, true, real food, whole foods, you know, whole foods that are coming from this, you know, this planet, this earth primarily, um, well, from this earth, <laughs> but primarily plants, I mean, um, you know, they're loaded, you know, in, in these enzymes. And when we eat these foods, we're getting these whole food complexes of enzymes paired with the appropriate vitamin and minerals in a whole food complex so that when we consume them, we don't have to start to pull from other parts of our body in order to uh, allow what needs to be processed to be processed. So by eating whole foods, we're getting those enzymes, we're getting those proteins, those amino acids, those building blocks so that we can make our enzymes very efficiently and the more that we focus on, let's say, raw living foods where we haven't cooked the food, because by cooking, we destroy, or the term is called denature, or alter our protein. Yep. We, we alter them. We, we allow them to um, disturb their structure. And again, structure necessitates or dictates the function. So if we denature those, break them down into smaller peptides or even free-form amino acids. Now we have to be able to take from that and start to rearrange that into what we need to do. And on some level, that's, that's critically that's important, and we, we do that. Um, but it's also important to be eating you know, a certain degree of raw living foods because that's really going to spare our own body from having to put out the right 
a certain amount of, let's say, digestive enzymes to bring down that food. So when you look at a certain food, even like, I'm just going to use the, the dairy example, you know, that has lactose, you know, a, a milk sugar, you know, there's also inherent within it uh, lactase, an enzyme that helps break down that food. But that's only going to be found in, let's say, raw milk. Now, I'm not saying to everybody, go and start drinking raw milk. Um, you know, that's, that's your decision. Um, there's pros and cons against that, of course. Um, but even, even certain foods that, let's say, have fats, you know, or oils, you know, there are fatty acids, but there are also enzymes in that food that helps break down that fatty acid. You know, but that's what's wonderful about plants is because they pair these things together. They provide all these things together. Yeah. And the more we can properly process uh, a raw living food, such as, let's say, nuts or seeds um, or grains by sprouting them, we're able to get them to a more active state. Because remember, what a seed is, is a, you know, it's in this dormant state. And so things are not so active. But there's all these things we can do to start to get activated. And that's through a germination process, a sprouting process uh, to, to activate that. But it's important to get those things, those foods into us. Now, unfortunately, a lot of us, though, are, are walking through life with just a lot of GI, that gastrointestinal distress, um, not always by the food that we eat, but by other life factors, other psycho-emotional mental realm uh, factors and influences that yeah. really distress the, uh, the GI, yeah. the gastrointestinal tract and our digestive power. So yeah, there's plenty of people out there who are eating, you know, living raw food diets that their digestion is still poor and their health is still poor. Yeah. So you know, I just want to add those things because sometimes people will take a statement like, oh yeah, you know, raw living foods have all these enzymes. So let's just eat all raw living foods. Yeah. And then they go all the way to that, you know, end of the spectrum where it's, there's issues there. So yeah. there is something to be said for, you know, cooking food and processing it in a way to liberate some of those important nu nutrients that you can't get just by eating it raw. You know, one of the prime examples is, is mushrooms. You know, you, you really can't absorb much from mushrooms. So the nutrients are really, you know, ingrained within, um, the, 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 basically it's a carbohydrate based fiber form that gives that the nutrients are embedded within. And so in order to break that down or soften that fiber up, you have to cook it, you know, mostly or break it up into some other type of mechanical way. Um, so, you know, there's something to be said for, for processing our food in a certain way. You don't have to cook the thing to death, <laughs> but there's, there's proper ways to uh, cook our food, to process our food. And, and that's all rooted in our human uh, traditions, our cultural traditions that we have to embrace and, and not ignore. Right. Well, a lot of <clears throat> a lot of the cultural traditions, though, that we embrace may not be the best choice for for cooking or for not cooking. Yeah, I'm talking about the ones that are rooted, you know, talking about like thousands of years, yeah. you know, tens of thousands of years that um, aren't anything new, for instance, like there are there are certain traditions. Yeah, where they you know, it's based upon what I said in the previous <laughs> conversation or episode right. about how we right. eat to satisfy our, our sense of smell yeah. our, our you know, sense of smell and taste. And so, we have to live beyond that. Mike, did, did another door just get opened as far as 
the chemical composition or the composition of the food based on how it should be prepared? Is that a whole nother conversation? Like, like, so mushrooms, for instance, like that was really eye opening for me. So does, and it doesn't depend if it's a shiitake or a rishi or a cordyceps, like, and then how I break that mushroom down, should it be processed first and then cook lightly or not to bring over a certain amount of heat, just like tea. Yeah. So is this exactly, and and is this a whole nother conversation now for like, and what about kale and what about, and you know, like this based on each complex carbohydrate. So these all have carbohydrates, complex or simple carbohydrates and all contain some type of proteins because of the, the carbon nitrogen cycle. Yeah. We both, we both, every organism has some, is always going to have proteins and, and carbohydrates within it. So we want to yeah. get this nutrients, but then when we, when we prepare, we don't want to kill all the enzymes that are going to help reactivate and rejuvenate our system. So there's different ways. Now, what I heard is that, Hey man, there's a whole nother conversation, a whole nother study we could do on based on this, the way each thing is made up in this case, a mushroom mm-hmm. and which mushroom it is, how we can break that down and the best way to prepare it for optimal enzyme yep. intake. Yeah, and, and nutrient intake, yeah, and, and that's that's what I meant. Like those, that's really well rooted in our ancient, um, you know, traditions, where we we know, you know, especially in certain cultures more than others, how to prepare, let's say, green tea, or other times types of herbs, and you know, good, great, good herbalists, you know, know how to work with plants in that regard. They know, okay, well, here's a root. The roots are very tough. We're going to have to cook that for you know several hours at least at high heat um, versus, let's say, a leaf, which you may want to cook at a lower heat for a shorter period of time. Because, yeah, there is a fine line between helping to extract and bring out some of those nutrients for maximum absorption. For, and you know, there's that line of demarcation between getting that and now destroying those nutrients and breaking them down where they're not usable to us. And maybe also not maybe, but often too, when you start to over-process something, it that gen, then generates um, toxic compounds. Wow. And so when, one of the worst compounds that we, especially as Americans, and a lot of people in the industrialized world all yeah. throughout the globe, are what we're doing is we are over-processing and cooking um, fats and oils, which are some of the most dangerous foods to consume are damaged, rancid oils. So we'll get into a little more in depth about oils in the, in the next episode. That's a big conversation for me, Mike, because like (laughs) I specifically will buy like a high heat avocado oil um, Mm -hmm. so that it doesn't burn and it's made made to go to a high heat. So if that's healthy or not, I got a ton of questions on that. Yeah. Something that came up for me while you were just speaking was we spoke about how in this, in modern day, a lot of our soil is already not that nutrient dense anymore. Right. So now we're taking the very little bit of nutrients that's left in this food that we may be getting mm-hmm. and we're killing it by the way we prepare it. So even if we are eating whole foods, if it doesn't, if it wasn't grown in a very nutrient dense place, doesn't have a lot of nutrients and it may be somewhat empty to begin with. Yes. And then by the way, we're prepping it. We're just, we're killing everything. So, so it's amazing. We're still even alive, Michael. Well, that, and that speaks to, <laughs> to, yeah, I'm with you. I guess I say that actually quite often. Yeah. Like it's amazing. Like with all the abuse 
than what we experience from the physical realm, you know, toxins, but also the mental and emotional, spiritual um, stressors that we experience and the electrical, yeah, everything that we're, we're taking on, you know, that just shows like literally the resiliency of life and life energy and, and how life energy is always trying to organize itself into higher and higher forms um, and become more, um, more organized. Uh, you know, resisting, you know, the, the physical, um, the physics, you know, force of entropy, Yeah. you know, that's trying to break everything down and make things more random where you have this principle of like life energy, you know, let's try and make things more organized. And um, they're actually two sides of the same coin as far as I'm concerned. Um, but yeah, where was I? That's just while, while you're catching your thoughts, Mike, something else that came up. up yeah. <laughs> um, and we're talking about uh, in the other episodes, you know, not only what you take in, not only how we process, not only how we digest, how we assimilate, but also how we eliminate. Right. And something that I like to think about a lot is, you know, in, in the past episode, also, we spoke about like, I liken the systems to construction systems. So like my mm-hmm. plumbing. Yeah. And my electrical and how I'm going to, how am I going to optimize these systems? And something that I like to take into consideration is like, okay, well, if I've had meats or I've had something, what am I going to eat? That's going to help to go through my pipes, like a pipe cleaner and mm-hmm. like literally like help clean that out. So I'll intentionally try to find something that's like nutrient dense, but not cook it too much so that it's going to be very like rough in my system. I visualize it like scraping the insides of my system, like a pipe cleaner, like mm-hmm. not, cook too much kale or like, like, yeah. uh, like apples and pears and things like that, that, and you know, will go through and help to like be a little rough in my system to help elimination and, and cleaning. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, I, I like that. And it's definitely a visual that I think is, uh, exciting, invigorating for yeah. some of us. Yeah. Some of us, it's a little scary. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I'm really a proponent of, like, let's not force anything or try to control anything uh, in regards to the body. Let's give it what it needs. And, you know, it, it will find that balance, that healthy balance for itself. And you don't have to do these, like, you know, if people are going out there doing intense cleanses, whether they're, they're um, gastrointestinal, you know, GI bowel cleanses yeah, or liver like cleanses. Col- colonics and things like colonics. that. Colonics. Yeah, like. Yeah, no, they, I, was more, I was more referring to, Mike, like. Mm-hmm. I was more referring to in like we could have a tendency, like if you look at ratios in a restaurant yeah. right now, if we went out and we ordered steaks and like we get like a 16 or a 24 ounce steak and like a little side of like maybe three asparagus or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, flip that ratio, like eat a little side of meat and like a whole bunch of asparagus. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, in terms of what we eat in diet and that, and that's the point is that, you know, protein, let's get back to this, this. Yeah conversation of protein like what do we need protein for right what is it what is it that we actually need it for we need it for our growth we need it for you know maintenance you know because you're as you're building up and breaking down you need to you know fill in some of those gaps and you need it for the repair and repair maintenance you know part of the same similar process but you also need it for rapid growth that's why you know young young child you know as they're going through adolescence they're going to be eating a lot more and be getting a lot more food into their diet, which inherently means they're going to be getting in um, more amino acids, more proteins, as long as they're eating a balanced diet, of course. Uh, 
but that's really the primary use for protein. It's for repair, building, growth, maintenance. There's no energy involved in that. There's no like, in terms of what it's used for, it's not used, you didn't hear me use the word energy. You know, carbohydrates are used for energy. And then we'll talk a little bit about fatty acids next time that could be used for energy. But people who are on these super high protein diets that are getting more protein than their body actually requires, they're not going to, well, they can still use certain types of amino acids for energy production, but it's a really inefficient way to create energy that's also going to lead to more of these nitrogenous compounds that are going to lead more to that, that, that decay, the, night, the decay and degeneration. You know, they create a lot of acidity within the body that's going to pull a lot of our, our you know, resources and also draw from our enzyme reserves and energy reserves to process that out. So, you know, what we want to focus on with protein is that it's found abundantly in all sorts of foods. And yes, if you're going to have your plate and you want to include some um, animal-based uh, food, you know, that's your choice. You can do that. Um, but should it be, as you're saying, that large steak with a little side of your, you know, your vegetables, or should that ratio be reversed? And I'm totally with you, 100% that that ratio ought to be reversed, that we should be focusing more on plants while minimizing the, um, the animal-based foods. Um, again, you can include some of it if that's what you, you like and also that you feel good with. Uh, you know, and there may, there's a time and a place for it. So, you know, I personally come a perspective as it, it's can be used for certain therapeutic, uh, benefits. Uh, but let's stick mostly to a, a whole food plant-based diet, because as long as you're eating whole foods, you can get every single, you know, carbohydrate, vitamin, mineral, protein, fatty acid that you need to repair the body. So Mike, before we get off today for time purposes, mm-hmm. I want to give the audience something really practical and myself yeah. something really practical. So if I'm like, I'm going to go train tonight, I'm going to go, I'm going to go do jujitsu in a little while. Yeah. Now fats and steak and chicken and even avocado fats right now may not give me the best source of energy. Mm-hmm. Is that accurate? Uh, yeah especially since your body's primarily set up to be burning carbohydrates, unless you've shifted your metabolism to a fat burning metabolism. How but would that, I have done that? Um, that? Well, that's what's really popular right now is this ketogenic uh, diet that's being, you know, popularized, but, talked a lot about a lot. Even if I did, it's not mm-hmm. as efficient. It's not, to me, it's not as efficient um, in the long term. It could have some therapeutic benefits in the short term, and there's, there is literature to support that, and especially for certain um, conditions. Uh, but, you know, we need to support our body with these carbohydrates to give us the carbon that we can get our body going to the, support the carbon side of the, the carbon-nitrogen cycle for growth and, and for, so, um, for development and for what energy. Would, what would you recommend for like... Um... So like pre-workout or like something right now, not too heavy, or maybe I should have eaten an hour or two ago, but what do you recommend? Is it, is it the rice? Is it potatoes? Is it like, what do you recommend that these carbohydrates are? 
Well, I mean, ultimately everybody's different in, in terms of what they may need, but generally, yeah, you're talking about everything from fresh fruits, you know, non-starchy vegetables, which I definitely feel should comprise the majority of our plate. You know, get in maybe some complex carbohydrate that can be in the form of a, of a concentrated starch. Um, these can all be really, you know, uh, an important part of your diet to help support your, your life energy and your overall um, health and well-being. You know, one of the problems, though, that, you know, this is why carbohydrates have gotten a bad reputation is because people have literally blown out their, their, their uh, pancreas and their other um, organ systems and enzymes that are responsible for processing carbohydrates. So when people consume something like a potato or any other type of you know, carbohydrate starchy food, their blood sugar goes up. Now, if you had the right foods, from, especially from childhood, that were whole foods that had all the proper essential coenzymes, cofactors to be able to process those foods and the right enzyme reserves in the pancreas and in other organ systems to process the food and metabolize those carbohydrates, we wouldn't have problems. But because we have been growing up in a generation, especially an era where the food is nutrient depleted, we're having lots of toxins and chemicals that are literally antagonizing and destroying um, our, our organs. Uh, you know, that's interfering with our metabolism of carbohydrates and sugars. So to me, it's not an issue uh, of the cause is the carbohydrate in and of itself. You know, and that's like where we get so like uh, linear in our thinking. Yeah. Oh, I eat, I eat a carbohydrate, makes the blood sugar go up. Therefore, the problem is carbohydrate. And that is such a linear way of thinking and that is causing us to seek drugs as, as treatment and to seek other kinds of um, relatively extreme diets in order to counter, uh, you know, that, that effect, but we really have to basically bathe ourselves, ourselves and ourselves in proper nutrition. Yeah. And, in, and that means eating nutrient dense food to get our, our energy, our enzyme levels and reserves up to an optimal level in every single organ system of the body so that we can function as a really efficient human being not only in body but in mind in our emotional state in our spiritual state be a, a unit a unit um a united you know unified being that's wow. really what we're after and you know to go back to protein that when we you know one of the what are the um the problems when we eat too much protein you know the excess of protein in our diet is what can that often lead to is things like inflammation because for a number of reasons, uh, one with that is that when we take in too much protein, especially if it's larger proteins that are not able to be digested, absorbed and assimilated into our body, then these proteins are circulating in our blood and, our, and, and in our congestion, our lymphatic, and then congested in other organs of the body. And then this will create an immunological response where you have what's called these immune circulating complexes that will bind to those proteins because it's, it's a whole protein that hasn't been eaten and is now eating you. 
and it's starting to create a huge immunological distress, which is going to create a lot of inflammation and degeneration. So that's one issue with too much protein. Another is mineral deficiencies. You take too much protein, you need a lot of minerals to process that. And also the effect of having too many proteins, which then break down to, you know, made up of amino acids, you know, it's inherently has more of an acidic nature whereas minerals are more alkaline. And so since we're finding that balance of acid base, you're going to pull a lot of minerals like calcium, magnesium, potassium in order to buffer that acidic load from that acidic, um, you know, food source. It's going to pull that from your bones and places it probably shouldn't. All your tissues. Exactly. You're going to, you're going to spend a tremendous amount of resources in order to get from the meat from the, or from, from the, the highly concentrated protein that you may be consuming the excess amounts. So we need protein, no doubt about it, but our needs are not as high as many out there would like us to think, you know, you only need it for again, repair for growth. So. Yeah, so post-workout post-workout sounds like before I go to jujitsu, we can talk about, and we're not making any recommendations for diet. This is just for myself and Mike yeah. where you guys figured out. We're not saying or one way or the other. Maybe right. something like ground up cauliflower, rice, like um, asparagus, like just eat some awesome fruits and vegetables, give my body something to clean it out from the inside and some, mm -hmm. uh, some good carbohydrates and some maybe not cook so much. So it's got some real, some real good uh, enzymes to re regenerate with. Right on. And then um, post-workout, maybe I can throw back like my Sun Warrior protein with a banana or something like that, or if I want to eat some meat or something like that. And again, limit uh, the intake so it's not too much overload, but post-workout so I can get that repair. Yeah, absolutely. And ultimately, what you really want is you want enzymatically rich you know, foods. So enzymes, again, are proteins. So the proteins we ought to be getting in should be a lot of enzymes because those enzymes are going to help not only digest the food, but also spare our body to you know, have its enzymes be used for repair of the muscle tissue that you, maybe you broke down during your workout. And so if you want to have that quicker repair, you got to support the enzyme activity. Got it. And you want to be getting in, I would say lots of more alkaline based foods, a lot of dark leafy greens, which are going to be blood purifiers working on the lymphatic uh, system as well to help, help wash away those acidic wastes that have just been released as a result of breaking down your own cells is when you go and you work out with weights, you know, anything intense, you're, you're creating a little micro tears and, and break a little micro um, damage within our, our muscle cells. And so you got to repair that, but you also have to wash away all of the wastes from the, from the cellular damage that has just occurred. Got it. So that's where, you know, more, plant-based foods we consume, uh, the better, uh, eating a lot of greens, a lot of chlorophyll. It's going to be yeah. tremendously tremen um, supportive of, of your recovery. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Mike, this was, this was talk. This was like a complex carbohydrate, Mike. It's just like really, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this was super dense. Man. I got to go right. back, listen to this. I suggest everyone goes back and listens to all the episodes. If you just caught us on this one that we've done so far, mm -hmm. make some notes because it's just going to get deeper and deeper as we go, man. Yeah. And, and we'll always come back. We'll always come back to other talks and content and 
yeah. start linking things together like we yeah. did in this conversation. Um, but yeah. I'm going to listen to this mic and maybe we can do uh, just an, another day on carbohydrates and, and proteins review enzymes. Cause it sounds like, what was it? Pep, peptides, peptides. Uh, well, yeah. So amino acids can be formed into peptides, you know, polypeptides. Because I see, then- I see that polypeptides and peptides on like the collagen that we use. Right. And it's like, that's like a big marketing thing now. So I wanted to get into that. I have questions on that. I have questions yeah. to get more on the amino acids now that we've created. We'll, conti- we'll continue our, our part two of protein into, into fats. Beautiful. Yeah. Awesome, Mike. Mike, thank you as always. And, thank you. Uh, thank you guys for listening and we'll, we'll see you guys all next week. Peace out. Peace. Peace.